Hello, kings and queens of the internet. It is me, Troy McKeady. I wanted to pop in before this week's episode and give you just a quick little rundown of what you're about to listen to and what's happening next week. So I was gonna run this episode as bonus content, but I also desperately need a day off because your uncle is exhausted. I am fucking tired. I haven't had a day off in several months from the podcast and I just need one. So because of that, I'm doing something special today, but only by the way, it's only special for people who don't get sick of me. If you can't handle me in in large quantities, you can only do me in small increments, which I understand. Today might be a lot for you. I am still going to be releasing a bonus episode to the Patreon that will come out later this afternoon. Um, or if you're listening to this later in the day, it's already there for you. Uh, I mean, you may be listening to this like weeks or months from now. And to that, I say, is the world spinning any better now that Bowser is out of office? Like, are we all, are we, are we alive? What's happening? Tell me. Anyway, I recorded a Back to Basics album review with my friend Alex. Alex is a Christina stan. I met him through Instagram and I had so much fun talking to him. He is so funny He's so informed. He's such a warm personality. You guys are going to be obsessed with him. And he just gave so much insight into this album as a real, true, like, hardcore stand. That episode is going to be available at the $5 level on Patreon today around noon Eastern time. Give or take. It'll be there. I want to wrap Christina up next week, to be honest. I feel kind of like, um, you know in Survivor when they flush out the idol? When they have an idol, they have this good thing, but they want to be done with it and remove it. I want to be done with Christina. I, um, yeah, I'm just kind of done. I can feel it in my soul and in my spirit and in my body that it's the right time to be done. I usually have pretty good instincts about stuff like that. And I just feel like it's time to move on and do something new. I want to do a bunch of, um, I have some really fun ideas for stuff to, just fun stuff to do in between the next series that we do. There's also a bunch of other really fun stuff to listen to on Patreon right now. At the dollar level, you get all of the ad-free versions of everything. So you get Mother May I Sleep a Podcast, Everybody Wants Something with Sonique and Lauren. You get Downtown Writers Jam, Feathers in My Hair, Make It Cute. Those are all ad-free versions of our shows. And then at the $5 bonus level, you get Quarantinis with Molly and Nicole, which airs two to four times a week. Um, you get... Uh, Mother May I Sleep with podcast bonus stuff. You get my bonus stuff. You get a curated EBP archive of all the old stuff I recorded with Molly, like our Summer of Simpson and Brittany and Kevin Chaotic. And, you know, it's there's a lot of fun stuff happening. So you should definitely be subscribed. And also, I really want you to listen to my episode with Alex. He's a true star. I don't know if Alex has ever done a podcast episode before. I think he told me that his fiance has a podcast, but he was such a natural. You guys got to hear it. Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling. Here's my episode with Dara. Bye. Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to yet another bonus episode of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McKeady, and we are continuing our Christina Aguilera album review look back moment. We are entering 2002 this week, 
and I am joined again by <laughs> I didn't come raven haired still doesn't work and I always still want to say raven haired goddess I mean I feel like spiritually it works for me and also I have like a dark red um <laughs> yeah so I think it works the raven haired chanteuse herself microphone uh. in hand laying across the piano boa yes yes <laughs> dara is here from Le do you remember this podcast dara how are you oh gosh just thriving in america oh my god i'm so sorry <laughs> this okay. is literally what's happening in my life the alarm the smoke alarm <laughs> you're like me everything's fine i can like hear flames in the back behind you I'm just like fanning the the alarm with a pillow. Yes, who me? Oh, thriving yeah. out here. You're like in Carrie's house at the end of the movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> Fully sinking into the dirt. <laughs> I mean, spiritually, yes, that is exactly where I am. Honestly, I am, we are one in the same this week. It's like, <laughs> I was just telling Dara before we started recording that I I just got done working and I have been looking forward all day to a bottle of champagne that is chilling in my refrigerator because mm, mm, mm. I just felt like giving Heather Dubrow to the people tonight. Yes, a nice champenois from Heather oh. Dubrow. Oh my God, I don't have to work. I'm going to get so like lonesome drunk tonight. I'm going to get drunk and watch whatever I want and eat weird things and I'm so excited. Honestly, some people might say that drinking by yourself is sad and I think that they're not like approaching it the right way because when you do it right, baby, ooh. Oh. Ooh, baby, it feels good. Ooh, it hits so good. Oh my it god. Hits good. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh and I'll tell you what else I'm excited for. To talk about stripped with you as promised. Oh my god, you can't see me but but the shoulders are already moving and grooving. <laughs> I am so excited to hear your take on this album. I just want to kind of like dive right into it, if that's okay. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Tell me what, like, where were you in life when this album was released? Because I'm, first of all, let me just say, I'm the most excited to get the perspective of like an actual like millennial teenage girl who experienced mm. this album like and had it really mean something to her so 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 it came out in what 2002 mm -hmm. I am at this point um I guess middle school um and I was a big Christina fan and I was really excited for this album so much so I was going to see her in concert which would have been probably like my second concert maybe third concert mm -hmm. and um she she canceled never rescheduled which was which was hard but I remember you know beautiful just being such a big part of my um like pubescent life mm -hmm. and Christina and her oversized nose ring stud just like you know speaking my speaking my truth for me did this era did the the ex-tina era have any impact on how you dressed as a teenager okay so i would say yes um i 
I really, so I, I, we kind of discussed this in the last, um, the last episode with her, with Christina's first album, but one of the reasons why in the beginning I was Christina over Britney Mm -hmm. is because I liked that Christina was a little slut. Yeah. (laughs) And I like, (laughs) and I mean that in like the best way possible. Absolutely. Um, So yeah, I was doing a lot of like, um, like twisty hair things, Mm. you know, like her sort of faux questionable dreads where you just like, you um you twist your hair and then you take a straightening iron and you try and like push it down so it stays that way my hair never it never worked but yeah I would do that I was also at this point you know not a 105 pound waif I was you know I was moving through body changes okay okay so I, I think I did try, like I had like lace up jeans, like she kind of has on the cover. Um, and yeah, I definitely, oh, and I actually, you know, I feel like I never left the house looking like Christina, but I have a very vivid memory of like taking a, like a winter scarf and trying to tie it around myself mm. like that iconic picture and like putting on a mini skirt and just like it was just for me <laughs> shout out to that shirt and like I bet you so many people so many girls and so many little little queens have had that experience the same exact experience like being a kid and trying to like figure out how she tied yes. her scarf and like obviously not leaving the house that way but in your room like pretending you're walking the VMA stage. Absolutely. I also, this is not necessarily Christina specific, but I do think it's early 2000s specific. I remember spending a lot of time trying to take items of clothing that are meant for one purpose and using them for another, like um, mini skirts as tube tops, tube Mm -hmm. tops as mini skirts, you know, (laughs) scarves, like whatever I could just like, fit over myself in a new and interesting way. I I feel like all my friends, we were always, we were always doing that. You know, it's also so interesting because I feel like, and it could be just because like you look at the clothes now and they all sort of just, you know, the early 2000s has this sort of like cheapness to it. Yes. Like everything just looks cheap. Even if it's really expensive, it looks extremely cheap it looks yeah it looks like it's it looks poor everything looks sort of poor quality but it's like sort of a part of the whole thing and like I don't know it makes me wonder you know now it's like younger people are so much more aware like they've graduated from like mall fashion to actual designers like every teenager knows Balenciaga you know yeah I mean one thing that when I look back on red carpet photos from the early 2000s, what always surprises me is that these people looked and dressed like anybody that I knew. Like, I'm yeah. sure it was more expensive, but like, I mean, the fit was just as bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked like you could get it any at any mall in America. Right. Like, 
I want like when I was looking at Christina, even that scarf, I'm like, is she just like wearing a wet seal skirt? Like I mean, is she on the red yes. carpet just wearing like like forever like Charlotte Russe denim skirts? Like I can't imagine that those are all you know designer pieces. Like they look like they're from the mall. Is that a fair assessment? I th- I think it really is because I don't know if you really look back it you can tell that the quality is off like I really do think that you know for for award shows big deal award shows like of course they had their expensive costumes and dresses for the mm. VMAs but if it was just a regular uh carpet moment that wasn't a big deal I think their stylist is coming in with some wet seal a rack of wet seal yeah some like diesel jeans some diesel jeans like okay I'm sure the jeans are always um on the higher end right but I don't know it like that it looks like a wet seal scarf yeah and like I think even more so specifically for pop stars like I feel like it was purposeful that they would put them in regular clothes because it was all about like sell, 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 sell. Like we need them in these clothes that people can go out and actually buy it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they weren't walking the red carpet in like Prada loafers. They were wearing platform like flip-flops. I mean. I, I guess at the end of the day, it was exactly what you said. Like, let's make it look achievable let's let's only serve teenagers Mm -hmm. right now and now i and i don't think in the 80s they did that or the 90s for the most part and today they don't do that but there's like a weird time during and post britney christina Mm -hmm. for that short period of let's just make this mall Let's yeah. let's make these the most like relatable looking people possible. Yeah, because it's like if our fan base is we're like obsessively coming after these teenagers, it's like what's the point in sending Britney on the red carpet of the Teen Choice Awards in a pair of jeans or whatever that they can't afford? Like let's put her in some some LEIs. Listen, at the end of the day. It was the ugliest time in history. <laughs> yeah, like it was an ugly time. And it's it's such a weird thing to see. It's so weird to see it come back because it, that cheapness is there. Like that cheap yeah. sort of like, like itchy material quality about the early 2000s is very chic right now. And it's so strange. Well, what's... But what is also funny on top of that is, you know, I'm I'm watching these these TikTok children mm-hmm. discovering the early 2000s, and it's like, okay, you have the like something of the vibe going here, like you have, like yeah, you got your juicy, but I want to see you in ill-fitting bell bottoms with like a rayon fabric dress over it totally where you just literally look like absolute garbage <laughs> but <laughs> like i i do kind of want to be i say to these kids like i love that you're discovering this but 
this is not early 2000s to the degree that you think it is like until you can look back on pictures of yourself with pencil thin eyebrows right and like a jersey skirt that you got at Abercrombie call me then call me then 1000 percent. it gives me very much like it reminds me of when we would do like theme, like when we had like theme days at school, if it was like 80s yes. day, like w- what was 80s mm-hmm. day, if not a side pony and an armband, like a sweatband on your arm and some sort of oh like my God. Yeah. hard moment. Like it was all just workout wear the exact same thing, a pony on the side of your head and some bangs. And I remember one of my teachers being like, you guys realize we wore all kinds of things. Like we didn't just come to school dressed in fucking leg warmers every day in leotards. Like you, you understand that, right? Like, and we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is eighties, eighties aesthetic. Like, you know, it's the same thing. And they're all wearing juicy outfits and flip phones and gloss. And they think if they have a tiny little purse that looks like one of Paris Hilton's cheap ass bags, then you know, they're doing the damn thing. And it's like, it's like, it's cute. You know, it's like, it's nothing more it's than a ve- cute attempt. It's very cute. And you're completely right. Like I would go to 80s day at school with, um, I remember every girl had a cutoff sweatshirt, like having oh, the neck cut yes, out. Yes. One shoulder exposed. And one shoulder. <laughs> basically, we all thought the 80s was just flash dance. Yeah, the, totally. That's all the 80s was. And yeah, the, the I guess it just... It happens with every generation and they think that we just wore juicy couture every damn day. And it's mm-hmm. like, honey, I wish, but <laughs> that that was too expensive. Go to a wet seal, take a walk around and then see what you come up with. Exactly. I and- guess the only like the weirdest thing about Gen Z is that they're doing the same thing that we did, but they have this endless stream of references because- of the internet yes you know like mm-hmm. we didn't have like the 80s aesthetic just like being <laughs> thrown in our faces all day like I feel sometimes so inundated with early 2000s stuff and I wonder if other people's social media looks like that or if it's just the algorithm I've created but like it's just so in vogue right now to worship that time and like they have this whole I mean they have so many endless resources to pull from. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Yeah, I mean, if I had access to the 80s, the way they have access to the early 2000s, like, I think there would have been a much bigger 80s resurgence. Me too. In the early 2000s. Because I, I mean, now I'm like, I love an 80s look. Mm Mm-hmm like a real 80s look mm-hmm. but I had no idea what that was before I, I only saw it from like VHS movies 
totally like stuff from the 80s oh my you God. kids don't know how good you <laughs> <laughs> cherish what you have children cherish what you have no like for real yeah i mean i your point about the algorithm though i do wonder like is it the algorithm because i feel like i woke up one day and the only thing on my feed was the early 2000s Dora, i'm like listen are you is everybody just stealing our gig or is it just that the whole world is just head over heels in love with y2k Listen, it better pay off for us is all I'm saying. I mean, I'm feeling a little like late in life Madonna right now. I'm feeling a little put put aside and put up on the shelf. I don't like it. I do too. And damn it, you know, we've been putting in the work. Girl. And I hope we, we end up with a Gen Z army behind us soon enough. Oh my God. It better fucking happen. Or otherwise, we're just going to look like old people that are obsessed with their high school years. Like, that's what it, we're, we are literally those and guys that t- don't take off their Letterman's jackets. Oh my God, you're right. This is very sad for us. Uh, and I'm like, let's dig deeper. Um, <laughs> uh, wait, I wanted to ask you if, um, did Dirty have any impact on your like was this you know everybody has like their handful of things that they can look back on and say like that was responsible for my sexual awakening that had a part in it that had a part in it did stripped have any impact on your like sexual awakening as like a young girl i'll be honest it was too late for that (laughs) (laughs) i mean I'll, you know what I can, like, one thing I can kind of point to, like, this is so weird. Um, Like, watching the Anna Nicole show, mm-hmm. there's, like, there's an episode where she's, like, hanging out with strippers, and, like, in a champagne room. And I was, like, and I was not allowed to watch the Anna Nicole show, but I would, like, go to the, the second tv in the house that was like tucked away mm-hmm. like it hold the the remote in my hand and like quickly change the channel whenever mm-hmm. i was watching something like the real world um or the anna nicole show and she's just like in a champagne room with strippers and i was like whoa that is what adult sex yeah it's like. wild um so I think by 2002 I was like I was a little too I I didn't need Christina to usher in my sexuality it was really Mm. more like she was singing to me yes like I felt simpatico (laughs) with her but it it did not did not open any doors but I did appreciate that she was being honest about it and I think at that time I was very annoyed with the like uh virgin fake virginness of it all yes with every other I mean not just the women but singers like men too had to pretend to be virgins and I I appreciated that Christina was like sorry I'm not a virgin sorry I'm not yes sorry I don't give a fuck 
no but like very (laughs) very 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 true because i feel like i feel like the record companies and the the producers and stuff they didn't really take into account like how polarizing that decision was for like not even just for parents but like for young people because there were millions and millions and millions of young girls that were smart enough to see through the bullshit to be like yeah if i'm not a virgin Brittany's not a fucking virgin like what you know what i mean like what yeah except and and even if they were like someone like jessica simpson like i completely believe her that she was a virgin until she married nick but even then it's like reading her book and she's talking about um going shopping with her mom for a sexy bra because she was going to get her boob touched for the first time Mm. even if you're a virgin you're still like thinking sexually in that way absolutely so so to just be like well they're all um we're straight out of like salt lake city utah uh (laughs) we we shan't look at another person of the opposite sex come on close your eyes girls (laughs) girls (laughs) yeah no you're right though the hormones are still racing at the speed of light i mean exactly you're at least still on an aol chat room Mm -hmm. you know pretending you're 25 yes (laughs) is that too specific to my personal experience not at all 25 year old model from hollywood to be exact (laughs) or whatever exactly age sex location um 25 female hollywood california very busty yeah tiny waist thick ass big boobs is that a good measurement for you um <laughs> no, and then it's like here's a scan of a model from j14 i just so happen to be in this magazine <laughs> i just so happen to be like vitamin c or like- yeah. like pay no attention i like 48 year old man who's telling me that you're 22 right oh my god i just happen to be vitamin c i actually myself i'm a 35 year old pop star parading as a teenager um (laughs) um i want to start obviously excuse me by talking about sorry i just like literally had a cough drop in my mouth and then laughing made me swallow it down <clears throat> scared me oh <laughs> um i want to talk about dirty first obviously i really want to talk about oh yes dirty like did this song have any impact on you because the way that i described it when i recorded this episode was like i just remember this song a being so fun to sing with your friends like yes right just it's one of those songs that you would turn on specifically turn on like the computer speakers like the the built-in or attached speakers to the computer turn the little dial yes dial all the way up and just fucking twerk it the fuck out in your parents living room while nobody's home honestly yeah i there are a handful of songs that i remember dancing and like just like rabidly singing along to with friends Mm -hmm. and this is one of those songs 
Yeah. It was like this and um, like, uh, what's the Backstreet Boys song? This is like the 90s, but Backstreet Back, Backstreet's uh, Back. And they're like, am I, am I sexual? Yeah. And then yes. we'd all shriek yeah 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 or like like the one the parts where they would like really like harmonize you would like really show out (laughs) oh yes but yeah dirty was dirty was like i mean there was no better um embodiment of dirty than that song right like you just wanted to naturally like just like shake just shake your body yes if i remember correctly totally just made you want to twerk and shake and like just literally be dirty and also i feel like the decision to have david LaChapelle direct that music video was so smart because the video is so much a part of that song's legacy and you can't think of the song dirty you literally can't think of the song dirty without seeing christina in your head like kicking water and like in the boxing ring and twerking her little ass so that the bottom of her ass cheeks show. Like we all kind of have the same images in our mind when that song plays. And it's because that video was so fucking impactful. It really was. It it just made you want to like run your palm down like the middle of your chest and just like, and twerk and sweat. But David LaChapelle is also, I feel like, um, an unsung hero of the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he was such a such a man behind the scenes of so many things that we enjoyed. Yeah, I agree. I think he really helped create the tone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it was such a great video. It, I think it's the best song on the album easily by like kind of a mile like per like i i mean i know beautiful is such a such a quintessential song but uh, i wish beautiful was not the second best song but like the fifth best song and we had a, a range in between but instead Beautiful is like the next best, but dirty is like heads and tails above everything. Well, because dirty in my is opinion. like, it's so, it encompasses everything that that whole, like I was reading about how, you know, her business managers and stuff, like the, the team, they wanted to put Beautiful out as the first single because it's so much more in Christina's wheelhouse. And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. an easier sort of like, it's easier listening and like if you're gonna do this whole era where you have like crazy dreads and you're twerking and showing your vagina and shit like it's easier for people to kind of stomach you singing beautiful and um it was her decision to release dirty first and I just feel like it set the tone for this whole like you have to know dirty and you have to like appreciate dirty to really understand the rest of the album like the deep songs the deep cuts the ones that make you cry like none of those songs mean anything without dirty yeah and i i didn't know that she she pushed for that song as the first single i mean and she was right yeah like 
come on. I mean, I feel like, God, I wish these women were just allowed to kind of shape their own careers with maybe like a, a nice understanding um, right. woman manager <laughs> uh, listening to them because she was completely right that that should be the first single. Yeah, and totally. if she wasn't pushing, it 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 wouldn't have. Like, can you imagine beautiful coming out first and then dirty? Oh my god, it, everything would have been fucked. It's it's nonsensical. Yeah, it, it literally it, is. Like, you can't set the tone of this album with beautiful and then get people dirty. It makes no sense. Yeah, and I guess I will say, <clears throat> in the grand scheme of things, like as far as pop stars being able to do what they want, it's like, if Christina never ever before was allowed to, like if she never during her first album was ever allowed to make any decision based on like what she wore, what she said, her makeup, her hair, her music videos, the imagery, all of it was just like shoved down her throat. It is interesting to look at this album and be like, you know, it's like the reason that she was able to release Dirty First is because they were kind of like, you know what? This is your thing. Like, we're going to trust that you, <laughs> you claim to know what you're doing. And like, you say that you're like this, like you could be this like jazz musician if you want to or whatever. So like, we're going to let you do what you want. And it's crazy. Like the best era of her career, the the era that people look back on the most and reference the most and what she'll always be known as is this and it's the only time well it's the first time that she was ever able to do anything that she wanted to do it's just like the irony you know gosh I I just I feel like there's just like a an alternate universe for her where I mean of course she's incredibly successful but so there's no taking that away from her but there's just an alternate universe where she has more control where mm. her career or at least her oeuvre looks <laughs> a lot different. <laughs> but uh, one thing I will say is that I could not get over that I didn't even like think about when I had the CD. But so there's an intro, the stripped intro. Then there's mm-hmm. like the stripped out outro. And then there's three songs after the outro. And then... There's two interludes that bookend one song. It makes truly no sense to me. (laughs) I really, like, how did that happen? Okay, this is the way that I make sense of this album. Like, all of it, for me, can be wrapped up into... Much like Miley with Bangers. Mm -hmm. It's like... Christina is 21 and allowed to do what she wants for the very first time it's a little bloated Mm -hmm. you know yeah it really it really is (laughs) I literally today like I know what interlude means but I literally like looked up the actual definition because I was like maybe um I'm I don't fully understand the definition of interlude where there would just be like basically two interludes next to each other mm-hmm. but no no i i i understood the definition of interlude before i i looked it up and this <laughs> doesn't make complete sense 
Yeah, an interlude is very much like for a 90s album, it's very much like the difference between like a deep album that has chapters and is storytelling. Yes. It's Janet Jackson's The Velvet Rope. You know, it's that versus yes. something else. Like it's like a true sign that you have released a piece of artistry and work. Very Christina. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, it's definitely, this is definitely the um, the work of a 21 year old where, you know, she got, she got something right. And yeah. then she also is just sprinkling intros, outros and interludes. Yeah. <laughs> just more <laughs> moments for Christina to be like, uh, what? Yeah. What? Yeah, what? Dirty, what? Like, it's all just her, like, coming. Yes, there's so much just, like, moaning and talking <laughs> throughout this whole thing. Honestly, listen, explore your sexuality. Um, you know, she's speaking Spanish in the pre- Primera more interlude. Mm-hmm. Like she, you know, she's feeling out every part of her identity and totally. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Um, I figured, so I, I, Dara and I talked about this before we started recording, but I figured since the album is so long, um, we can just sort of go through and discuss some, some moments like, some standout favorite moments, like songs that really speak to you. If, if you ever listen to this album randomly, like what are the first songs that you go to if you're not listening to the whole thing? So um, my second favorite song in the album that, I mean, I guess it maybe doesn't make sense as a single, but I love it is Makeover. Mm, tell me everything. So I I wrote in my notes that it sounds like if um Courtney Love and Hole wrote a like James Bond movie theme song and yes. had Christina sing it. Oh my god, but, that's iconic. And I really like I like listening to it I was like I guess this I I don't know how mainstream it is and like it really doesn't sound like anything that Christina's ever done mm-hmm. but I love it it feels so like British James Bond yeah. like also like Austin Powers I feel like for the time period um but I I I, I I love it. I really do. <laughs> no, I agree with you. That's a really, really, really fun song. It's, it is very like Austin Powers, like, like it's Christina just like trying weird things, which is like the fun thing about this mm-hmm. album, you know? It's weird. Yeah. You know, compared to the her first album, like we were talking about the first album and how all over the place it is uh, stylistically. And this is also all over the place it's more focused it's more mature but makeover and then the next song cruise it is just like (laughs) how are these on the same album as the rest of the songs so ironically cruise is my first pick for like standout it's like i don't know what it is about cruise 
Can I tell you? I literally looked up if Cruise was a cover because I thought for sure it was like a John Bon Jovi song or like. No, I get that vibe. And I I really like it. I do really like the song, but it like feels like um like a like a rock standard or something. Yes, it does have very much John Bon Jovi vibes. Like you can yeah, especially the chorus. Mm-hmm. I'm living it. Yeah. Leaving it. Like it's, it does sound like it's like an yeah, it sounds like yeah. a rock song. <laughs> That's funny. I never thought about that. <laughs> I literally Googled it because I was like, oh, Dar, you're so stupid. This is obviously a cover. And then I was like, and then I saw how it was spelled with a Z. And I was like, okay, so obviously John Bon Jovi has Cruz spelled the correct way. And I was like, nope, nope, that's that's her song. You know, this song when I was a teenager, <clears throat> well, not really so much when I was a teenager in college, every time I ever like moved, this is so like, you know, in the era of like iPods and like you know creating the soundtrack to your life with like listening to your headphones and stuff like early iPod era every time I ever like moved somewhere substantially I always listened to Cruise because it would like make me feel things you know and (laughs) I remember the first time I moved when I moved to Chicago for a year um I listened to this song on the way there and I like hysterically cried to myself. Like so dramatic. God. (laughs) Little baby Troy. Oh my God. I wish I could have held you and like taken your other, your other earphone and like we could have listened to it together and cried. You could like hear me crying, but like cry humming and being like, like in the seat. It It is. I didn't even think of that, but that it does feel like a song that's like um, moment of our lives. Yeah. Kind of like, like you're going to college. Like it, I'm surprised it wasn't in a movie. I always like thought some, that like, was so crazy that it wasn't on like Gossip Girl or something. Yes. Like I could totally see that. But uh wow, yeah, that that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, now that I've exposed myself, it's your turn. You pick a song. Um, okay, let's see. So this is not a song that I like, but I was just thinking, like, hearing it, listening to songs and thinking critically about them. Mm -hmm. Um, Fighter. Mm. I think, I really think Fighter sucks. Me too. But it sounds like, like it should be a politician's theme song. Like, it is the, like, if... Hillary Clinton ran for president again. She would graduate from fight song to fighter. Like it's so. (laughs) Oh my God. I just pictured Christina performing it for her like live. And Uh, and she would. And she absolutely would. (laughs) Christina in a pantsuit and like a crisp white silk like singing her ass off for Hillary and like Hillary just like 
walking out like nodding very knowingly like I'm a fighter you guys right <laughs> yes yeah, like that, being like, rah, 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 like over Hillary talking yes it's just so it it has like the politician vibe to it in the sense of it's so innocuous it's just like I'm a fighter you you told totally. me I couldn't do it but I did it's yes. like nothing controversial but it's like this is my fight song I always felt like it was so much in Christina's I I actually always have been very shocked that she never did like a full album like a full like rock forward album because it's so in her wheelhouse and she doesn't have to like yeah pull back like her her like singing with guitars just feels right yeah like I'm surprised she never and not that Janis Joplin is uh like anyone would ever put Janis Joplin and Christina in the same sentence but I could see Christina doing like Janis Joplin cult uh, like role play like cosplay mm, totally, totally wailing wailing on stuff and like going I mean I think makeover is like pretty similar to that I would agree like with that her for sure. like like raging through the chorus mm-hmm. like I I wish she had tried a straight rock album I think it would have been a really good thing for her, especially when she was still angsty, like maybe after Back to Basics, yeah. like revert back, but you know, we'll, um, we won't go there. We we will not, we won't touch on that. Yeah. <laughs> we won't touch on Bionic tonight. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that song is like, it's crazy because it's like iconic to this album and it means so much to this whole Mm -hmm. era and stuff but like it is probably my least favorite song on the whole album like I never have a desire to listen to this ever no never it's it just feels so um manufactured yeah it 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 does it has no teeth to it it's just like I mean can't hold us down is I think also in the same vein but it is a lot better than fighter in my opinion yeah I agree it's definitely better than fighter it definitely was like necessary for the branding to release this song yes absolutely right but it's not um it's not my favorite at all like there are so many other songs on this album that I wish were singles Yes. I mean, Can't Hold Us Down feels like a bridge between beautiful and dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, you know, on Project Runway, talking about cohesiveness, you all, you always need like that bridge outfit that that <laughs> brings like the showstopper and <laughs> the other vibes together. And I think it does that. But also, I was the little Kim rap is so interesting to me in hindsight because she sounds so bored right (laughs) it's so slow it's such a mundane rap it's so it 
I mean, not sound quality wise, but just like vibe wise, it feels like she recorded it into her iPhone and just like sent it in. <laughs> he is something I just can't understand. It's very like, <laughs> like, look, him deserves more than this slow ass talk singing. I got talk to for moving. For moving. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. And again, like the, I mean, that song, so it means so much, like the video, the image, like the imagery is so much mm-hmm. a part of that whole thing. Like David LaChapelle, again, her just like full out ex Tina in the street with like tube socks and little. Yes. On. Yes. Yeah. I mean, also Christina and look him together like deserve more like as a unit like right i i want a little more than that but you know we can't rewrite history i have to also give it up for what is probably my most played song from this album it's the song i listen to i listen to the songs probably still once a week impossible wow it's the one okay it is I mean, I love the talking intro, of course. Listen for me, Lisa. <laughs> Wait, is that the that's the one uh with Alicia Keys, right? Yes. Oh my and she's like, speak on it, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got something on my mind. Speak on it, girl. <laughs> I love that fucking song so much. I can't even put it into words. Wow. Okay. I need to listen to this again because I like, I, I definitely like that song. But now that it has the Troy stamp of approval, I'm, I, I need to like really give it a deep, deep mm-hmm. listen. Give it another go. Put it in your ears real hard. Like, listen to it real loud. Okay. Listen to, hear okay. all of the, the piano in the background. Really, like, hear it. Okay. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna revisit it now. You, you've convinced me. Because I trust your, your taste implicitly. <laughs> well, thank you. Play some for me, Alicia. <laughs> okay, okay. Speak on it, girl. Speak on it, girl. okay you pick a song okay wait hold on i oh okay so after the 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 outro the stripped outro where there there are then uh three more songs okay so after the last outro it's the voice within i'm okay and keep on singing my song Okay, I'm okay. Sounds like a jewel song. Oh shit. Okay, here's another thing actually that I noticed is so there's a few songs in this that sound really like directly sort of um shall we say inspired by other songs like underappreciated sounds like um what a man what a man what a man Mm. but like 
it has like the hook of that but then they but let's just say it's what a man but not as good right (laughs) but sounds very close to it this song to me um sounded like a jewel song but it specifically sounded like um that jewel song that's like about her sister's drug abuse it's like uh little sister i heard you went to mr so and so knock 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 it i just like got that feel from it but it's also and she does this once on her first album i forget which song it was but where she's like not pushing her vocals and she's like going into head voice and it's really light um and i love the rare glimpses of christina not pushing oh it's the best christina singing softly and like delicately is literally my favorite christina like i wish that she did an entire album of just her not pushing she sounds like a fucking angel an angel and god i i think she could at this point in time do an album that surprises everybody and just like pull back pull back a little yeah, I mean, at this Just point, it touch. would be the most shocking thing that Christina Aguilar could do yeah. is sing a song without belting. And, you know, we love a belt. We love sure. a belt, okay? It's fabulous. But when she has these rare glimpses of soft, delicate Christina, it's like, wow. I, uh, give me more. Mm-hmm. I think that that's why my my next choice for fate like uh one of my favorite songs in the album is the voice within because oh yes oh i love that song the first half of it is my favorite christina which is like baby girl just perfect pitch perfect tone yes soft like just angelic beautiful beautiful like literally perfect and obviously the end of the song is like a crazy belting moment but it feels so like deserved like I love Christina shows that restraint like it's that Mariah Carey restraint where it's like you know that you can't give them everything at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the song because by the end nobody's gonna give a shit you know I do feel like Christina could learn a thing or two from Mariah like Mariah feels like so much more um willing to do what's musically more interesting and of course like Mariah is I I would say probably more of a musician Mm -hmm. than Christina is like in the truest sense of like as a songwriter as like someone who can truly like write music Mm -hmm. so I think she gets it in a different way but I yeah Mariah can hold back and she's okay with doing that and she'll give us like the different tones of her voice and I feel like Christina like needs to give us more of the different facets 
I mean, honestly, it would be like, like the greatest thing about and like knowing that an artist can do something is that when they decide to open up their little tree box and give it to you, it's like such a treat. And uh-huh. everybody knows that Mariah can hit a whistle note, but sing every song from the beginning to the end in a full whistle note. Like it's a treat. She makes it a treat and Christina should make it a treat, you know? Yes. Make Sarah Silverman has um uh, a stand-up joke about weed where she she likes to make it a treat you got to make it a treat dora that and is literally it's, it's because of her that i use the term <laughs> I, it's changed my entire okay thank life. god it changed my entire <laughs> life I, like whenever i'm going too hard on something i'm like oh i gotta make it a treat i gotta make this a treat make it <laughs> i'm so glad you said <laughs> i do i'm like oh dara dara <laughs> make it a treat make it a treat girl make it a treat You're make it a treat three nights in a row hungover make it a treat hello <laughs> <laughs> christina make it a treat yeah make that growl a treat like treat people to it don't fucking start off like little drummer boys scream growling <laughs> fucking riffing <laughs> And giving us all of the ooh ah ah from the moment it starts, it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. You can, okay? If you're starting off at ten, mm-hmm. there's nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. This is elementary. Come on. Yeah. I she just does like, and the problem is like I think she thinks that the growl is um more beloved than it is Mm, mm i i think when she is giving it to us from beginning to end she thinks like this is what the people want and it is but it also sort of you know you're you're starting off at a 10 like let us build to that yeah i agree make it a treat i agree. make it a treat and also i will say again I mean he had so much to do with this whole album but like I think the weird thing like the best David LaChapelle video that he ever did for Christina actually even though Dirty is like so iconic and it's so like pop culture and in your face I love the music video for The Voice Within just it's simple and pretty and black and white and it's like it's exactly what she needed after a whole Mm. you know like several month long era of just in your face intense imagery and performances and songs like just like this pretty black and white moment of her literally in like a silk nightgown just like singing oh yes I also love you saying after an era of intense imagery (laughs) That's like the consciously uncoupling version of saying it was too much at times. <laughs> I mean, wow, away with words. <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's true. I love, I just love like how simple that video is. I I watch it anytime it comes up, like when YouTube is like doing its thing on, it's like playing videos. I never, ever, ever turn away from that song. And I always watch it. I just love it. I no, I completely agree. And it is just like it is 
what I wish more people on her team would push from her. Like, don't be afraid to go, go simple, to strip it down, mm-hmm. to just mm-hmm. like let your incredible talent and charisma speak quietly for itself. Yep. Yeah. Because she does have so much presence. She can do these stripped down versions of her personality and it's still just as captivating yeah but I also think that it's sort of like Christina's such like a cunty diva that I feel like because for so many years you know like she was told that she oversang I think yeah it just made her be like okay well then I'm gonna release back to basics <laughs> how about that I'm gonna literally start a song where for the first minute I'm just screaming how about that yeah she i i feel like um and i don't know if this is like a girl version of the napoleon complex kind of thing where like she is just this tiny little person Mm -hmm. with this big voice who is probably you know not underestimated her whole life but i i'm a short woman myself and like people overlook you in a certain way when you're like a small woman Mm, in the mm -hmm. same way i'm sure they do with like anyone but i could see her you know just like wanting to fight people and you you say up she says down just because she has to she feels like she has to she's a fighter (laughs) no I wouldn't it makes her that much stronger I get that I agree with that my like my best friend growing up her name was Julie and she was really tiny it was like you know so tiny that it was like her identity that she was small um it was like Mm -hmm. the first thing people comment on like you're so sure and she hated that and she hated being pat on the head and she hated being lifted up without being asked to and people asking if she was all the time friends. yeah just like all of that mm-hmm. disrespectful stuff it is it is in this weird way it's like you just feel having like experienced that with her for so many years and knowing her triggers and when we would go places I would know when somebody was doing something that was going to bother her because we were so like in sync with each other um <laughs> yeah like you told it is a feeling of being like not seen or like respected as like an adult yeah and and I think, yeah, you're not seen as an adult because if you're if you're tiny, it doesn't matter what you look like. People still kind of look at you as a child and that they have some sort of like ownership over you, pat on the head type deal. And mm-hmm. when, especially when you're a woman, I think you realize how um, vulnerable you are because I mean that used to happen to me all the time where like people would pick me up yeah without asking me and like I remember one time like a guy like picked me up threw me over his shoulder and he almost dropped me on my head like caught me within inches of the floor and it was oh uh, so funny but I, I can see Christina as like a very small person yeah, being like, I have this huge voice and I'm going to fucking use it mm-hmm. as much as I want. And like also being like, I have this crazy ability to riff and run. And when I do it right, mm-hmm. oh, I do it 
so fucking right. Like I can literally yes. walk up and down flights of stairs with my fucking voice. Like, and yes, you know what I mean? I'm going to do it because I can, you know? Yes, absolutely. It, it, it's like, I might be a tiny woman, but my voice is bigger than everybody in this room. Yeah. So yes. you're going to feel it. So now I have talked myself out of Christina ever minimizing herself in any way, shape, or form. But Dara, no, like, that's the craziest thing about that, though, is, like, that's been my entire journey with Christina, where I'm like, it's it's not that I don't, the thing is, is now I get her, and I have I feel like I've explored her so intensely now that, like, I get her, I get her cuntiness, yeah. I get her, like, sort of, like, fucked up attitude, I get all of that stuff, and it's not that I like love it always, but I get it. Whereas when I was younger, Mm -hmm. I I didn't understand her at all. I didn't get it. Yeah. I, and I guess that is just why I was a Christina, a Christina bitch in the beginning, because I did just like understand that sort of um, like little uh, yippy chihuahua, Mm. like, I'm little and I'm gonna I'm gonna make you rue the day you were born because I'm gonna be so loud. <laughs> it's very why I so mean. <laughs> exactly. And I guess I I guess that's that was like the big thing that I loved about Christina. Like mm-hmm. she just she she feels like someone who just like fights for herself and fights for I don't know, the underdog, I might be romanticizing her too much. No, I think so. I mean, I think that, I I don't think Christina, I think that the, the negative things about Christina have always outweighed what's really great about her. And yeah. I can't deny the fact that it's really, really iconic that she, and I've, I mean, I've said this a million times, but I just think it's worth continuing to say that as a young girl in the pop machine that she was so she bucked it the whole time like she got in there and like they only had her for a year they only really had control over Christina for a year she bucked so much that they were like okay fine release stripped dread your fucking hair girl (laughs) do whatever go for it well, here's $40 million to do whatever you want. You and Linda Perry can do whatever you do in the studio and throw dishes or whatever it is that you're doing. Go for it. <laughs> Fuck off. You know what I mean? Like she was just such like a, such a, for lack of better term, like she honestly was such a badass in the space that she occupied. Yeah. I mean, do you think if um, she had come of age, not even just today, but even maybe like, 2010 do you think that she would still have the sort of like bitch uh diva reputation or do you think it like she would be framed in in as you say lack of a better term badass Mm -hmm. like girl boss kind Mm -hmm. of um lifting her up sort of uh framework you know, I struggle with this because I always wonder if the like it's a chicken or the egg thing for me where I feel like is Christina 
a cunty ball busting <laughs> to use Romeo and Michelle terms is she a ball busting career woman um because mm-hmm. of the industry making her that way or is she just is that just who she is like is she that way because of how she was introduced and how manipulated and controlled her image was and how hard she had to fight to get out of it and how compared she was to other people just because of bad luck like you know and and bad timing like is that why she's the way she is there's a part of me that thinks naturally Christina is that is that person but I think it's definitely heightened and I think those years those like traumatic years for her in 99 2000 um helped sort of shape who she became and I definitely think if she came out you know in like 2010 or whatever like you said she would have had a much I mean who's to say but I feel like she would have definitely had an easier time expressing the stuff that she wanted to express back then that was so taboo you know like so taboo to be like you know as outspoken as she was I think I think she'd be a softer person honestly I agree. I mean, I think no matter what her her upbringing with like um the abuse and everything like that was always going to uh, famous or not mm-hmm. uh singer or not anything like that was always going to create for her a fighter mentality. Mm-hmm. But I think if she hadn't had like if she didn't have to go through that traumatic time I think that like 99 era Christina showed her like I have to fight this hard Mm -hmm. I have to put up this wall and I think if that never happened and she just had the trauma from her childhood that hardened her up a bit if she didn't have that second dose of trauma, mm-hmm. I feel wow. like, yeah, it she would have been softer. It's so in the long run. God, it's so sad. It really is, <laughs> Christina. God. And, you know, it's like because she appears, you know, because she is sort of like, she has such a hard exterior, she appears to, in quotes, have it all together. And she doesn't give off that like broken bird thing that Britney has always had. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. people are way less interested in Christina's trauma. Like it's yeah. just not, people are much less sympathetic to her. A, because she is a cunty diva, which I love by the way. <laughs> like that's the, the, the term I've coined for her is the cunty diva. I, and I love that. Listen, I'm a Christina cunt. like she just there's no better way to describe her other than that she is a cunty diva um but yeah I mean I just I think people are much less especially now like if anything people should be looking back now at how Christina tried to basically warn us essentially of what was really going on yeah and we weren't interested and we didn't want to hear it. And then we watched all the stuff that she was kind of warning us about happen to Britney. And she was a, a very early whistleblower and being like, this whole pop shit is fucked up. All of it. And I don't want to be in it. I am 
honestly aghast right now that you like brought this like to my brain. I mean, she was she was a whistleblower. She was telling people this is what it is. Yeah. And it was happening to Britney and Britney like didn't have the voice that Christina had. Mm-hmm. I mean, and also if you look back at their upbringings, I think both of them probably have very similar uh, childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. But Brittany grew up in a household where, you know, mom is sticking by dad and mm-hmm. uh, Southern values and we're not going to talk about it. Right. And Christina's mom was like, fuck this, we're out. Exactly. And I think it just completely shaped how they approached the rest of their lives. It's so, that is such a good point. And and also it is just like Brittany has been kind of like elevated to like a Judy Garland, like that sort of worship of a extremely talented, but, um, broken individual Mm -hmm. and showing seeing that vulnerability makes people like worship these broken women like Marilyn Monroe like all of these women throughout history pop culture history who have had this like broken um persona Christina has had just as much trauma but because she's like stiff upper lip Mm mm-hmm she's she's not worshipped in that same way oh that's so weird I've never really thought about that but you're right it's so true she is not Christina is not a broken doll Mm -hmm. even though she's gone to rehab and stuff and she's gone through abuse and she has had abusive relationships and she's been tormented by the media for different things for her body for her weight loss for her weight gain for I mean all of it like she has been through so much stuff publicly but she's not a broken doll yeah oh it's so weird people I guess like and I mean I think women and um gay men we like elevate these broken doll personas mm-hmm. of incredibly talented women mm-hmm. but someone like Christina she's not showing that I don't know like I don't know what it is that we appreciate more about a woman like showing herself as a broken doll mm-hmm. why we like value that over someone just like soldiering through i i don't know why we elevate one over the other but i mean yeah maybe i, I should know. get my master's degree and and study it and figure it out <laughs> and broken dology yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um yeah i mean i definitely feel like the other thing that really separates them as far as like media and how, and how we perceive them is christina never had you know, Christina's life sort of 
remained in that sort of regular celebrity tabloid thing. Like Christina wasn't yeah. written about any more or any less than any normal celebrity. And Britney skyrocketed into what I always call like the Michael Jackson level of fame. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, now yeah, yeah. you're a weird celebrity. Like you're not, yeah. you are not just famous. Like you are now in that Michael Jackson, Tom Cruise, that weird above celebrity thing that I'm not even really sure how to describe, but it's like you create pandemonium, mass pandemonium. Like you are no longer a human being at all. And you're just yeah. weird. For, for your weird and there are theories around your identity and your personality. Nobody has a real grip on who you are. Like Christina never shot up to like that level of fame really. She, you know, and I no. feel like she was lucky that she got to kind of coast where she looked at her counterpart, <clears throat> this girl that she had been chasing her whole life. She now is like, you know, Chris, Brittany would have given anything to be in Christina's position. And it's crazy the way that they sort of reversed roles. And Christina was like, oh, I'm actually pretty cool in 2007, 2008, just like being able to go out. <laughs> like, I'm chill, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, and also that level of fame, like, I mean, that will never exist again, right? Totally. It it was really like a lightning in a bottle of a pre-social media, but mm-hmm. I'm sure Christina thanks to her lucky stars every day that she probably has a huge fucking house (laughs) with everything that she wants Mm -hmm. and she can just be on the voice and like live her life Uh, i wonder do you think she ever really was like oh god i really wish i had what britney had like in the beginning or was (sighs) she always just like i don't need this I don't think she ever really envied it. I think that that's what made her so cunty about it. I think that she saw yeah. through it and there was like a huge part of her that I'm sure wanted to be admired the way Britney was admired. And I think mm-hmm. she probably felt jealous of the magnetism that Britney had, like the ability to go on stage and just dimple it the fuck up and just be so <laughs> charming and like kill every interview and always be you know, for a long time, it was like unheard of to see Britney Spears have like a bad interview moment or a bad performance. It was like, yeah, always pageant ready, you know? Um, So I'm sure that part of it probably irked her a lot, but I don't think she envied anything that Britney had because Christina always knew how sad Britney actually was. Yeah. She got to see it. Yeah. If Christina ever wanted what Britney had, truly wanted it, she could have made it happen. Totally. I, I I don't think that like Christina was so um out of control that she just couldn't keep her mouth shut and right. She knew what she was doing and she I'm sure she knew she knew how to play the game and she was choosing not to play it. Yeah. If she wanted what Britney had, she would have played the game. Totally. She could have done shock performances every time she went out on stage and you know, yeah, you're totally right. She chose to not 
be that kind of celebrity. But I do, I do think you make a really, really good point in saying, um, and I'm going to let you go, by the way, because th- we could do this for five hours, honestly, like I'm floating off the ground. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like fully in a happy place. Um, basically, this, you know, this couldn't happen again. And the only way that I could think to compare it for a younger person would be if Beyonce at how famous Beyonce is right now, like world dominating famous, Mm -hmm. if Beyonce literally went outside with no underwear on, showed her vagina, shaved off her head, (laughs) fought paparazzi, threw shit at cars, like, like just literally for a month publicly went fucking bananas it's literally unimaginable it would never happen yeah you're oh my god yeah i never even yeah if beyonce went out and did the i was thinking the other day actually um because i was creating a a roundup of um the 25 things from the early 2000s that are just like random that I think about all the time. Mm-hmm. And I almost made number one, not Britney shaving her head, but where you were when Britney was shaving her head. Yeah. Because she, that was like, I, I'm not like joking. Like, I feel like that for our generation was our JFK assassination. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, for like. Re- like uh, people cannot kids cannot understand how bonkers that was like there there's nothing that we can compare it to yeah and like I always say that I think Beyonce is the only celebrity who's like even close to being remotely 90s or early 2000s famous because Mm -hmm. she basically lives as if there's no social media like Beyonce like lives as if there aren't phones like she just yeah. happens to have people snap photos of her and she'll have a team of people post like a curated image of her on her Instagram. But Beyonce's not fucking live streaming and she's not on Instagram live and she's not like, you know, drunk tweeting at night. She's not Kirst- Christy Teigen. Like <clears throat> she lives as if there are, aren't cell phones. And, she, you know, she's the only person I could think of like if Katy Perry or somebody did that, it wouldn't be, it'd be shocking, but it wouldn't be as shocking as if somebody like a Beyonce did it. And yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's hard for people to understand who weren't living it or were too young that it was world news. It was not <clears throat> American pop culture. It was no. the biggest news story in the world was one person having a, 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 an issue with mental health. And it was like crazy. It well, and also, um, I was thinking about what you're saying about Beyonce. She lives as if there's no phone. The other person that I would say could be similar if this happened to her also doesn't have social media is like Jennifer Lawrence. Like Mm. Jennifer Lawrence feels like someone who, you know, for a time felt like she could be rising to the ranks of like a Lindsay Lohan, not like 
mess wise or like alcohol addiction wise, but just like fame mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people liking her relatability, like all of that stuff. Right. She, she also has no social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She, all of, I mean, even like Emma Stone, not so much anymore, but she's also someone no social media. Right. And they're just as, um, I would say bankable and famous, but I, I guess it's just like the post Britney of it all knowing that like, oh, I don't, if I'm today, if you ever reach Britney level of fame, you do not need to be on social media. Totally. Absolutely. <clears throat> and you, you can just like eliminate that. Yeah, and, like, the social media aspect of it kind of ruins the whole, it's, like, I think in order to become that level of famous, like, you have to have a level of, like, allure about you. There has to be some sort of old Yes. That, like, old, you know, almost, like, um, studio era, like, curated identity by the, the, by managers and by a team, like, a real celebrity like a real not like famous person but a real celebrity that has a celebrity origin story you know like a real old school kind of thing well and uh, like I would say like Emma Stone's like pictures finally coming out of her like can like a confirmed picture that she's pregnant and it's just like stolen paparazzi pictures from her taking a walk Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. is the closest we have to like early 2000s paparazzi like getting a scoop not just someone putting it out on their instagram yeah and having like a whole like a whole planned you know and like just a whole thing that they're in control of they're in their house you know it's very like Kirstie or I keep calling her Kirstie Teigen which is making me want to die <laughs> um but if Kirstie Alley <laughs> like what is that um but it's very like you know Christy Teigen posting her stretch marks like it's like like we are at the complete opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to celebrity and any sort of like mystery you know it's over yeah the mystique is done it's over and like and that's probably for the best to be honest I mean listen we're all romanticizing this time period but uh uh our our most cherished pop star was uh stalked in the middle of her mental breakdown totally (laughs) like yeah it was a terrible time it was a really but we grew up on it it was very scary it made us the shattered people we are now and i love that for us yeah like we literally would not be sitting here and the good thing is that we are on the other side of it and we can look back and talk about it intensely and and, and very deeply but be good people now (laughs) good christian people we're good christian people I don't know what that accent was. (laughs) We're both just losing it. Um, I'm fully losing it. Like I said, off mic, I am drinking a margarita from a Margaritaville um, commemorative 
splendor glass. So. I've never loved you more than in this moment. I'm not <laughs> kidding. Dara, do you have any final closing statements about Stripped? Okay. My final closing statements are, everyone, give it a listen. I mean, I I hope that our conversation has kind of... Um, reframed Christina and her cuntiness and listen are there two interludes book ending a song sure but (laughs) is it is it a little uh is it a little everywhere this album sure but there are some really great songs and I I want everyone to listen with an open mind and a new appreciation for Extina, our our dirty queen. Absolutely. Give it a listen and listen to it the full way through. Really like like lean in. Don't just listen to the the, the singles. Like there's so much more to this album than the song Beautiful, even though that's a great song, but like there's just so much more to uh, sink your teeth into. And yes. Also, it's like if you're a young girl who's never heard this album the whole way through, like it is a female rite of passage. I yes, it's a rite of passage. It if you're a Gen Z kid, like um, wanting to cut your teeth on this time period, you have to do this. You you can't post on TikTok again until you listen to this album all the yeah. way through. Yes. How about that? How about that? How about that? How about that? well dara tell people where they can find you and your podcast and all your teens oh my god um so my podcast is lay do you remember this um you know search it on all of your um wherever you get your podcasts uh i'm on instagram i'll probably get a tiktok (laughs) yes do it let's do it on the i'm gonna Oh my God. Can we have our grand like unveiling on the same day? That's a great idea. We really should. Cause I, I have a burner TikTok and I was just going to turn it into my podcast TikTok. So we should like launch on the same day. Oh my God. Can we please do that? Because I do need a partner in arms to I like absolutely... help me like jump off the cliff. <laughs> Dara, it would be an honor and a privilege. Honestly, we'll do, we'll turn it into some weird thing. We'll do a thing. Let, let's do a weird thing. Oh, God, yes, Troy, thank God. <laughs> I got you, girl. Play, uh, play some for me, Alicia. <laughs> speak to it, girl. <laughs> oh, Troy, Troy, you you bring me such light in my life. You bring me such light. Thank you so much for doing this with me again. You are a true angel, and I love you so much. I love you so much. And uh, yeah, listen to Christina, you guys. You gotta, come on, Stripped. Stripped. It is it's history. It's history. Oh, way oh. <laughs> 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 All right, bye, Dara. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at Dunzo Pod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. 
Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.